you know you are capable of more because you have a burning desire to get the absolute most out of your career and life, to starve your fears, to follow your dreams, and to realize your true potential. And we are going to do that together. This is the Own Your Career, Own Your Life podcast. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Own Your Career podcast. I'm your host, Andy Storch, and excited that you're joining me today for another great conversation to help you up your game and take ownership of your career and control of your future. And today we're talking about something a little bit different. We're talking about improv and how you can use improv to become a better leader, to work better with the team around you, and to own your career. My guest today is Aaron Deal. Aaron is a business improv edutainer, fail fluencer, and professional zombie who is ready to help you improve it. She's a graduate from Clemson University, a former experiential marketing and recruiting professional, as well as a veteran improviser from the top improvisational, improvisational training programs in Chicago, including the Second City, IO Theater, and the Annoyance Theater. Uh, Empirical evidence has shown that improvisational training can enhance professional development, team building, effective communication, networking, presentation skills, leadership capabilities, the act of thinking quickly on your feet, and everything in between. And Aaron's company, Improve It, has helped everyone from Fortune 500 companies to small mom-and-pop shops transform their business, their leadership, and their people through play. Aaron has spoken on stages across the country, worked with clients such as United Airlines, Uber Freight, Warby Parker, Deloitte, Walgreens, and the Obama Foundation, and has earned the 2014 Chicago Red Eye Big Idea Award. Aaron truly believes that by using improvisational comedy as the vessel to train on soft skills, we can break down barriers in our lives. It's in breaking down those barriers that real learning occurs, and when that happens, people become their best selves, both professionally and personally. So, as Aaron likes to say, grab your chicken hat, and we're about to have some fun. And in this interview, I talk with Aaron about what is improv, uh, why it's important, why we should be thinking about it in business and in meetings, and how we can leverage it to own our careers. And at the end, I also ask her how about running a great virtual meeting and some great virtual icebreakers that we can use for the next group Zoom meetings that we are running. So hope that you find this interview interesting. Uh, you can reach out to Erin by going to her website, learntoimproveit.com, and you can connect with her on LinkedIn and Instagram where her handle is keep in it real. Oh, sorry. It is keeping it real deal, D-I-E-H-L, which is her last name. Uh, I just followed her there as well, and uh, I'm excited to connect with her soon and be interviewed on her podcast in the near future as well. Uh, for now, I hope you enjoy this interview with Aaron Deal. Enjoy. All right. I am live with Aaron Deal from Improve It. Aaron, so excited to talk with you today. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Andy. As I told you before, I am thrilled to chat with you. I feel like this was serendipitous. We were supposed to, this was supposed to happen. Yeah. Sometimes you can feel it when you first talk to somebody and you know, yes. uh, we know so many people in common. We're in the same space. We're into comedy. We're into all these things. We both got uh, dogs and children and <laughs> live near water. And I don't know, we have all kinds of things in common. And uh, I'm excited to talk with you. I've always loved comedy. Of course, I'm very much into leadership and uh, team building and uh, owning your career, career development. And I want to dig into all those things today. But um I want to start by asking you about your career. I know you went to Clemson, you got into comedy, and then somehow built a corporate career out of this. So uh, tell me about your career. This is a very 
open-ended question, Andy, that I'm going to go, I'm going to go straight to, I am supposed to be Oprah. No, um, that is true. No, truly when I was younger, I had this dream of always wanting to make people happier, to bring joy to their day. So at first I was like, oh, I should be a florist because everybody loves receiving flower arrangements. Right. Um, and then it turns out not great with plants had a had a orchid named Zoe de Plantel, could not keep her alive, and decided that I should try to to use maybe some wits that I received. And so I started just I was always a performer. I danced actually at Clemson, Go Tigers, mm -hmm. and uh, grew up in theater. My mom had me in community theater when I was three, and she still performs in Columbia, South Carolina, in community yeah. theater. Well, did has performed for a very right. long time. And I decided that, you know, I wasn't really sure where this talk show thing was going to take me. So I moved to Chicago, which was the home of Oprah, and started diving into comedy. And so I started at all the major schools of theater, loved it, and then realized, okay, you need some type of income. We can't just rely on these gigs here. So I kept I kept my day job or I found a day job in recruiting and I was doing business development at a recruiting firm and talk about real life experience. I mean, yeah. I was literally getting doors slammed in my face because back then we were B2B and we would go door to door. This was in the early 2000s. And so I started really taking comedy seriously, pun intended, and yeah. going to classes and performing and just really honing that craft. And then I really started to see this connection between what I was doing on stage spill over into my professional life. And the idea for Improve It started from there. And so lucky enough at our recruiting firm, we were partners with United Airlines. And so I told uh, one of our clients at United about the idea for Improve It. And she loved it and said, pilot, pun intended, mm -hmm. your program to us. And so I did. I got feedback. And then pretty soon they started hiring me. And then I knew Improve It was not just me. I knew it was bigger than that. So now we have 22 facilitators between Chicago, New York, LA, Charlotte, North Carolina. Hmm. And we have been in business about seven years. Pandemic was, was hard as it was for everybody because we yeah. were a completely in-person business. You and yeah. I talked earlier, Andy. Yeah. Now mostly virtual. Right. Uh Sam. But it's been really interesting. I never thought I would be doing comedy in corporate meetings on Zoom, but that's that's part of my day job now, and <laughs> right. it's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, you and I both we, we both made that transition as we were talking before. My my whole business was selling and running in person training programs before COVID. Yes. I was on planes all the time, and and um, before COVID, I would have told you that yeah, we could run programs virtually, but it's not a great way to go. It needs to be in person. And then we all found a way to make these things effective and and still provide value to clients and people and participants and everyone around us. And, and everybody watching and listening, of course, can relate. We've all made adjustments in our careers. Um, what I'm curious, what was that? What was that initial? I mean, you talked about combining, you know, improv with this business side of things, leadership, that thing. What was that initial idea, that pilot program? You know, what did that look like? What was oh, the idea yeah. there? Oh my gosh, Andy, I recently found a video of one of them. It was, this was from 2011. Okay. And I, I just, you know, you got to start somewhere, right? 
but it was a team building workshop. We started with team building and it was just me using the knowledge I had from the stage and applying it to what I knew of corporate America. And then what I really, what we got specific on and by we, um, I'm very lucky that I'm married to a man who's also in talent development and mm. he was, we, we kind of connected with what he was going through and his, he works in talent dev at a court, you know, at a corporate place at the time that was a very large firm, financial firm. And we said, okay, well, what are the skills that you are hearing that people in your work need the most? And so he would tell me what those skills are. And I would say, well, here's how I know improv applies. And so the first six uh, workshops that we created were team building, effective communication, leadership, or no, not leadership, team building, effective communication, presentation skills, networking, taking initiative and creative risks, and thinking quickly on your feet. And from there, we, we have now 10 different offerings, all with e-learning courses built in conjunction with them. We're building out a little appetizer to the beginning of each of these courses, which is pretty fun. It's happening in 2022. Hmm. But it was, it was definitely... Um, as what we do is so experiential. It was definitely a learn by doing. It was mm -hmm. try it, see what works, see what sticks. And that's for us now, we really believe that they aren't soft skills. And I've, I've seen this, so many people in our space yeah. talk about this. We're calling them power skills because right, right away, you know, they are definitely something that you need. You can't just say, oh, soft, these aren't soft things. These are things that are crucial to employee right. and career development. So we are power skill trainers and yeah. we use this art form to teach. And, and I, and, and truly for me, it's so transformational to watch. Yeah. I, I love the term power skills. I've been using that since I heard Josh Burson call them that, uh, when he spoke at my conference last year. And I, these are skills that are important and are being taught by many people, but what you're doing is unique and that you're using improv, which some people just, maybe if they know what it is or, they've heard of it, they just think of a comedy club. So can you talk about what is improv and how does that lend to the work you're doing to help people become better leaders? Yeah. And I'll tell you what, in our, in our actual workshops, I give the actual Wikipedia definition of it. So I do know that by heart, but I'll give mm. you my version. Uh, we are professional pretenders. We play pretend for a living. We teach by doing. So uh, when your leader or manager says to you, oh, let's do scenario training. And everybody goes, oh gosh, and mm. if you can't see me on the podcast, I'm rolling my eyes. Uh, it's, it is something that, you know, gets it groaned, right? Like the ever, mm -hmm. like, oh gosh, how we use improv to transform teams and company morale is really through play. So I like to say that we all wore hypothetical masks to work prior to the pandemic. Mm. And I, and truly, those masks were, I'm in my boardroom now in this suit, <laughs> doot, doot, doot. Here's my briefcase, putting it on the desk. You know, very much like I am a robot and I'm transactional. I have no empathy. So, not everybody, but this was, mm. this was the mask that we, the facade that we try to put on. And so when you take those, those barriers, those hypothetical masks off and you allow your team to play 
Like I have a two-year-old watching him. He's improvising all day long. He's just in play. There's no judgment. There's no hierarchy. There's no rank card pulled. And you're allowing people to interact and connect with each other in a way that allows each other to feel heard, seen, and valued. That's when the magic happens. So we use the art form of improv to teach in that moment. So we have to warm people up, get them in a safe space. And then we use improv-based activities to train on specific skills. And in those moments, you can really see teams transform and you can have an intern and a CEO in the same room. And for those two hours we're with them, they are on the same playing field. They're, you know, we all know who's who, but they're doing the same things as an ensemble versus individual stakeholders, individual contributors. And then it's so amazing to watch 20 people walk in individuals and walk out one group of 20 people. It's it's a beautiful art form. That's the moment I realized how I felt as an improviser and how I could use those skills in my professional life was the moment I said, if the world took an improv class, the world would be a better place. It's just, it's so fun. And it also just brings this lightheartedness to work that allows us to really connect as human beings. Why, why do you why do you say that if the world took an improv class, the world would be a better place? Yeah. Like how, what, what's the connection there? Yeah. So improv is really all about play, support, loving each other. We always say we got your back on stage because you go out on stage. Mm -hmm. Let's say there's seven people. You've seen some shows. You've seen some really good shows. You've seen some really bad shows. Yep. And the really good shows are all seven people. And we literally, before we do anything, always, we always pat each other on the back and say, I got your back, I got your back, I got your back. Hmm. Because you have to really trust, believe, and support each other. So the notion of yes and is what moves scenes forward on stage. And what yes and means as a life philosophy is I'm not going to shut you down. I'm not going to say no to your idea. I'm not going to stifle you because I want to encourage you to share information because when you contribute we're greater together. And if everybody's enjoying each other and supporting each other and sharing ideas, imagine the possibilities. So, I mean, yes. it's, it's large scale world, small scale organizations and within those teams, but it's just, it's a really cool art form that I think transforms lives. Yes. And I feel like using that form of connection of uh, improvisation um, requires some vulnerability, right? Some risk and that you could be making mistakes, looking silly in front of other people, uh, you know, when you're trying new things and that's hard for a lot of people. So how do you help business professionals get past that? That's a great question. So I will say this, this is something that we always hear from leaders. You know, I've got introverts, I've got hot, you know, CEOs in the room. I've got people who don't want to seem vulnerable. And we always say that the goal of improv is not to make you stand on stage and embarrass yourself. That's stand up. That's not even, it's good. you know, stand up <laughs> is alone. Improv is together, cohesive. We're in it together. Yeah. And we use this art form as a way to bring people together. So when we start off with a workshop, we always go from a very low risk activity, meaning dip a little toe in with us. We're going to show you what this is like. Okay. We're releasing endorphins. Okay. We're going to take it to the next level. And now we got like a whole foot in. 
we're breathing. We're doing this together. Okay. By the end, we've we have them at a high risk activity, meaning it's just they need time to warm up to it to do it. And by the end, we always see this transformation, and we see that vulnerability happen because it's it, you know there are really raw moments too because we use the laughter to facilitate conversation. So. It is vulnerable, but it's always in the spirit of positivity. It's always in the spirit of support. Um, and it's always there to make somebody look good versus mm. embarrass. Well, and I think I'm big on leadership and this idea of modern leadership, which is all about enabling people around you to be able to do their jobs better and helping those around us improve. But I do recognize that that requires a little bit of vulnerability to say, I'm going to focus on others and believe and trust that they're going to take care of me or the world or the culture is going to take care of me instead of me just taking care of myself, right? That scarcity mindset that a lot of people operate in, but using more of an abundant mindset, a growth mindset, an owner, you know, a multiplier mindset uh, to, to focus on helping others. And it's it can be a little bit scary, but I find it's just, it's such a better way to go. And I love seeing how that pays off for people. Me too. And it's, it's truly, um, that's exactly what it is. And it's that energy of what you put out, you will receive back is another big piece of improv. It's that mirroring, it's that movement of art, not movement, but it's that idea of, you know, I'm going to support you, you support me, we're going to do this together, we're going to face the fear together. And if you're, you know, if you're listening to the show or if you're watching, you can see this sign behind me that says fail. Yeah. Which is really a gift from the improv stage, which is we believe there are no mistakes, only gifts. That's it. Mm. You can't fail because everything said becomes a part of the scene and anything that you say, I'm going to turn it around and support you and make you look good in that moment. There are no mistakes, only gifts. I like that. I, I always like to say, with a growth mindset, there is no such thing as failure, only learning and growth. And yeah. <clears throat> those, of course, create opportunities for us. And as long as we're learning, we're making the best of the situation. That's all we can do. We're obviously going to make mistakes. We're not failures. Um, so we've been talking a little bit about uh, helping people become better leaders. I want to ask you um, a couple of questions in more of the career realm as we're helping ourselves and then talk to you about running meetings and then uh, you know, make sure we get to all of those things. But thinking about it from a career perspective, you know, I like to talk to people about owning their careers. Um, how do you, how can we use improv for ourselves, for our own careers to find more success? Oh my gosh, Andy, there's so many ways. I mean, I'm living proof. I really am. I, so I have a visitor who wants to say hello really quick. Sorry. He's, oh. he's been kind of popping up here. This is big deal. Oh. My eight pound, my eight pound toy poodle. Um, he keeps, he keeps popping into my, my frame here and I'm like, hold on, let me pull him in. He's going to help you with this because I'm telling you right now that improv as a teaching tool and as just a way to learn is so beneficial in making you more brave, more confident. It helps you not only be more supportive as a leader because you're it's inclusive by nature. It really is an inclusive art form. It helps you think more quickly on your feet. And it for me personally, I'll just speak as a professional who took years of improv training while also working in corporate, I was such a better listener than I had ever been before. And I was also more empathetic 
because as an improviser, you have to listen to the very last thing that's being said because you can't jump ahead. You can't over plan, right? You have to, you have to catch on to what your scene partner is doing in order to make the scene work. And the same is true at work is you have to be able to listen to your team. You have to be able to, as an individual, be empathetic and really be able to see beyond what the employee is saying and really see the big picture of of what they're really implying. And that's what improv does. It just, they say, or we, I guess, improvisers say the traits of a great improviser make up the traits of a great human. And it really is an art form where you have to learn to trust. You have to learn to believe in yourself and trust your gut. You have to learn to support others first. And then, like you said, it's that abundance mindset, because if you support others, that will come back to you. It's a really, the more I think about it, the more I just realize that it is experiential to feel what it feels like to improvise. You have to feel it, Mm -hmm. but you also can, in that moment while you're feeling it, just feel the connectivity and the energy and know when you get done, when you're off, when you're, if you're in a workshop or if you're using improv as a way to develop yourself, when you get out of whatever it is, a, a, a show, a rehearsal, a workshop, your mind is working at a higher level because it's almost like a hamster wheel. You're constantly in the moment, in the moment, in the moment. So it makes you just a more present human being in general, because you can't plan ahead. You have to stay present and you have to be able to kind of know where everyone is on stage, AKA know where everyone on your team is at and really be able to, to lean on each other to get through things. So as an individual, it's, 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 it really changed my life. I really love it as a teaching tool and as an art form. And I really encourage everybody to try it in some way, shape or form. I feel like I hear it's about flexibility, about going with the flow, about being aware of your surroundings, supporting others in your kind of circle, sphere of influence, people around you. Um, but you know, one of the challenges, and I've posted about this, talked about my book, et cetera, like that I see with so many people in their careers is like, oh, I'm thinking about maybe doing other things, or this challenge comes up and it wasn't in my plan and they're just crushed by it, or they don't feel like they can make a move or they're, everything has to be perfectly lined up before I apply for this job or start a business or whatever. When really like life is about the journey, when you have a growth mindset, you know, you're willing to go just like try different things. And the great thing is if it doesn't work out, you can go try something else, right? It's, it's, That's it. and whether you're in an improv comedy show or you're running your career, it's about being flexible and like being able to kind of go with what comes at you. That's it. A hundred percent. I mean, we all improvised in the past year and a half, right? Like the 2020 and 2021 was pure improvisation at every level. So everyone should consider themselves an improviser because it is constantly about pivoting, putting yourself out there, getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. Like you said, it's, it's a, it's a way to own your career and own your life. I really believe that Andy, it goes hand in hand with your book. It really does so. help. I re- it, re- it really, I mean, and we are improvising right now. That's the other thing I want to say about improv is a lot of times when people hear the word, they get really nervous. They get what I like to call the ick factor, which is like your armpits get really sweaty. I'm going to talk about armpits on your show. <laughs> and they, you know, you're like, I need a strong antiperspirant right now. I feel gross. I, you know, I don't know what's about to happen. So you get scared. 
in reality, everything is improv. The meetings that you attend, the one-on-ones, the presentations that you give are, yes, planned, but there's improvisation leading up to it. And you better be- you better believe Q&As are all improvisation, right? Mm-hmm. So we are all improvising. It's just this word that I think a lot of people get caught up in where they think I can't do it. They put up their own mental blocks or limiting beliefs when we are all, we are all truly improvising. We've all had to improvise, whether yeah. you, you know, work in corporate or you, you own your own business, whatever it is, you, yeah. you were improvising really hard the past year and a half. Every day. I like it. That's definitely more my style. I mean, I do a lot of keynotes at companies and I can't wait to get to the Q and a, that's my favorite. And like, yeah, let's yeah. do it. I want to just bring on the questions and let's see what comes and Maybe I can answer it. Maybe I can't, but uh, yeah. you know, hopefully hopefully I can help. Um, you mentioned meetings. And the last thing I want to ask you about is running effective meetings, especially in virtual times. And I know you also have uh, tips on icebreakers for starting meetings. And this is something that I love. And yet I always struggle to come up with the right thing in the moment. So I'm curious what ideas, tips you have to share on starting meetings and how to run effective meetings, especially in the virtual times that uh. we're in. Andy, this was, again, trial and error. I mean, like you said, I I never thought we would be here. If you would have asked me yeah. in 2020, Mar- January of 2020, like, can you do your workshop online? I would have said, no. Mm, and that's no. not the improviser mindset, but no. um, it's not. <laughs> but uh, we figured it out. And thankfully, there are platforms like Zoom, WebEx, who have breakout rooms. And so for, for us, just at Improve It and in general, Breakout rooms are key. Asking a question, putting your team in a breakout room with a partner to have them answer it. That's right there, a way to get interaction. Asking questions in the chat, asking people. I I actually see, um, to be honest, a lot more interaction in the chat in in a virtual workshop Mm -hmm. versus in person. I think a lot of times that barrier is there and it just allows us to feel like, okay, I can chat this. It's speaking up in a room. In some ways we can be a lot more engaged in talking with people. Whereas, you know, if you were in an in-person meeting and I was like texting you or something across the table, it'd be rude. Right. In a virtual meeting, like, hey, Aaron, what do you think about this speaker? And, you know. Yeah, yeah. And and, and just answer, asking questions as a facilitator to your audience, having them answer in the chat is huge. I have two ice. I mean, I could give you some icebreakers, Andy. I've got icebreakers Let's on icebreakers. Let's do it. Let's do it. I want um, be- because I will say the tone of the meeting is always set by obviously the person leading the meeting, but it's always set on the upfront. It's very hard to change the energy of a meeting, especially virtually, when you know when it's already in motion. I always like to tell anybody who's leading a meeting to set the expectations on the upfront. If you want people on camera, say that. Because a lot mm. of times, you know, I wash my hair maybe once a week. I need to wash my hair of the day that I'm going to be on camera. Today's the hair day that I wash my hair, Andy. Uh, I, thank you so much. This takes time. Uh, so, but I will say that is great and very important as a facilitator to make sure you're setting those expectations. If you have everybody on camera, a really fun way to start is one of the things I like to call the golden ticket, okay? So literally, you have everybody on camera, on gallery mode, and you say, on the count of three, we are going to pretend like we just won the Mega Ball Million Lottery, okay? And everybody goes on mute, but you're watching the body language of everybody just get real hype, you know, woo! Okay, ah! Yeah, we're doing it. Okay, and then you ask in the chat, what was the energy level? of the group 
between mm. a one and a five. So one is the lowest, five is the highest. Let's say it comes at a 3.5. Okay, well, we're going to do this again. You Same rules apply. You just won the lottery. But this time, I want you to look around at everybody on Zoom or wherever we are in gallery mode. And the beautiful thing about Zoom is you can't tell who's looking at you, but I want you to right. get in your camera. And if somebody is not giving as much energy as you, I want you to go twice as hard. I want you to hold them accountable, right? So we do it again. You just want the mega ball millions. And everybody's like, wow. Yeah. And this time the crowd goes nuts. And yeah. then we usually, it always gets rated higher than the first round. Mm -hmm. Right away, people are breaking down the barriers. Inhibitions are lowered and we are seeing smiles. We're seeing people move. Movement is key to engagement. And so that energy can be led into the meeting. And we always say, so, okay, we're at a five. We're at a 5.5. Let's keep this energy up the rest of the meeting. If we want you all on camera, make sure you're holding each other accountable. And if we're asking for interaction, make sure you're keeping each other accountable. Now, if the meeting expectation was not set, that's a different story. But if that's if that's the way you want your meeting to be led with a lot of energy, engagement, and conversation, that icebreaker is a wonderful way to do it because you can keep the steam rolling from there. I like that. All right. I might have to use that in the future one. You got one more? You do said it. you had a couple for me. I got another. Okay. So <laughs> we do this in our in-person workshops too. This is a this is physical. All right. So Andy, okay. I'm gonna ask you to help me here. So this All is called right. Shake It Out not shake it off if you're a taylor swift fan which i cannot believe she wrote an entire album in quarantine new that's another podcast okay so she's all right so this is again the facilitator or the leader manager whoever is is the person leading the meeting is only the person off mute everyone is on camera okay gallery mode exists on zoom or whatever platform you're on and you're gonna say take your right hand and have everybody move their right hand and count to shake out their right hand to five. So we're going to go one, two, three, four, five. We're going to do the same on our left hand. One, two, three, four, five. Okay. Same on our right leg. One, two, three, four, five. Okay. Same on our left leg. One, two, three, four, five. Then we're going to go down to four on the right hand, four on the left hand, four on the right leg, four on the left leg. Then we do three, 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 all the way to one. We don't have to do this right now because it is, it is time. It's timely. It takes yeah. about two minutes. When you get to one and you go one, 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 you release all the energy into your computer screen and we get people's energy up right away after that. We ask them how they feel. They're like, I'm out of breath. I got my Fitbit steps in. My endorphins yeah. are flying. My yeah. pet thinks I'm crazy. Oh my gosh, I got to tell, you know. So it's really fun because right away people are like, this is different. Yeah. And number two, it also is a reminder. So we ask them, what do you think the purpose is? And it's like, okay, to let loose, to let go of inhibitions. So we're getting them in that mindset right away that this isn't going to be your typical data-driven meeting. We're going to think differently we're going to use your brain to 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 facilitate conversation in a different way than you might be used to. So as a leader, take that, use it. We use it as an improv warm up too before we go on stage. It's so great. I've had like 300 people literally on Zoom doing this and it's really fun to see on gallery mode. It's also a lot of bandwidth. Um so but it's really fun to watch everybody kind of lose those inhibitions by the time they get to one and feel that kind of 
energy you get after a run or after a fun walk. It's just, it's a nice physical movement. And it's also a way to just get the, the blood going and get everybody in the same mindset. And a lot of people working virtually are sitting at a desk all day long. Yes. They're not getting much physical movement in, um, which, you know, by the way, if that's you, get some physical movement in. go take a walk. I took a walk right before we did this interview. Uh, very important. Um, but a lot of people are not doing that. So you're giving them an opportunity to move physically, which wakes up energy in the body and all kinds of health benefits and, and great things that come from that and gets them more, I think, engaged in the meeting and the conversation as well. Um, so that's awesome. Aaron, this has been great. One more question for you. You mentioned the title of my book earlier, Own Your Career, Own Your Life. When you hear that, see that, what does that mean to you? I love that. And I love, I love the title of your book because I think that your career and your life should be one and the same. You should love what you do. So for me, that means freedom. It means freedom of choosing to wake up every single day to do something that I love that's going to impact people in a positive way. And it means freedom of just freedom to feel what I want to feel, to not have to feel like I have to show up every day and do something that's not fulfilling my life. Because if I'm not fulfilled, how can I fulfill others? So it's really pouring into yourself, into your own career, filling mm. that tea kettle so you can fill others' cups. And that to me is real cool. And I think you're doing great work, Andy. I love the work you do. I'm so honored to be on your show. And I love, I love the title of your book. It's really, it does, it means a lot. And if you look at the title, you know right away, you have to make sure you are in the right mindset so you can lead and help other people. Well, thank you so much, Erin. I appreciate that. And it has been great to have you on the show. I love the work that you are doing and how it's so unique and you're doing it differently and you're making such an impact on the world and different companies or different people. I know we both aspire to do that and uh, and we are. And uh, it's really cool hearing your story and some of your tips and advice and can't wait to share this with more people. Uh, for those listening who want to get in touch with you or find out more about what you're doing, where's the best place for them to go? Yeah, thank you. It's Our website is learntoimproveit.com. Learn, that's toimproveit.com. And you can find me on LinkedIn at Aaron Deal, Improve It, the only one at Improve It. And my Instagram is keeping it real deal. No G after keeping. Keeping it real deal. And I, I use that last name very punly. Lots of, <laughs> lots of puns. Lots of puns. Yeah. I'm going to go find you on Instagram after we finish recording this. Yes. Right, Aaron, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, so great talking with you. Looking forward to talking with you again soon and keeping yes. in touch. And uh, yeah, we'll talk again soon. All right. Take care, Andy. Bye. All right, that will do it for my interview with Aaron Deal about using improv in leadership and your career. I hope that you found that useful. And I want to remind you that this podcast is sponsored by my book, Own Your Career, Own Your Life, which we mentioned in the interview Aaron so kindly talked about. And if you haven't read the book yet, I highly recommend you check it out. It's available on Amazon as well as our website, ownyourcareerownyourlife.com. We also have a ton of great free bonus resources there for you, including the top five most common career mistakes that people make and the five steps to owning your career. You can get all of that and more by going to ownyourcareerownyourlife.com slash bonus. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you. I hope that you'll share this and leave a review. 
and uh, I will continue to find ways to support you on your journey to owning your career. Take care.